Hi, I'm Cleo, and this is the Omega Sports Women's Only Podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to address common questions, concerns, and topics that help women stay active, healthy, and thrive, which is very important now. We're going to spend some time with collective experts, brands, and community leaders that are helping women live their best lives. We're going to talk everything from sports, fitness, health, and fashion to inspirational and empowering stories from our neighbors. But in this episode, we will be talking to Stephanie. Stephanie is the owner of Rise and Flow Yoga, and she's going to talk to us about yoga and the part it plays in creating unity, equality, and empathy. Stephanie, say hi. Hi. <laughs> you are just so relaxed. It just, it makes me feel like I'm in the midst of a yoga class whenever I talk to you because it's just so welcoming and open. I'm like, she's so calm. I love it. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, no worries. I'm glad you could join us today. Thank you, Cleo. You're welcome. Stephanie is a community activator, service leader, and wellness guide committed to making the many benefits of yoga mindfulness, and health information accessible to a wider community. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing Stephanie roughly around three years. I met her doing another women's event, and I just, her energy is infectious. And I just, I can't say enough about Stephanie. When you meet her, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So Stephanie, one question I have from you for you, I'm sorry, is why did you start attending yoga classes? Yes. So it's quite an interesting story, actually. I suffered a concussion, a severe concussion, if you're familiar with the different levels of uh, concussions. But I suffered one in 2011. And uh, through my recovery journey, my neurologist actually encouraged meditation. And so actually, my first window into yoga was through meditation, which Meditation is just breath work and being mindful and aware. And after that, I fell in love with the practice and decided to start taking some yoga classes and really just fell in love with it. That's amazing. It's amazing how your journey and your uh, recovery led you to something that you've become so passionate about. Yes. And honestly, now that I've really gotten deeper into holistic awareness and holistic health. I'm so grateful for my neurologist providing me with the recovery method that wasn't just medicine, right? And so I'm just so, I'm so grateful for him and his knowledge of the brain and encouraging me to find alternative ways to recover. Yes, that's important. And that is a big plus for your neurologist who gave you, like you said, the option. Um, other than medicinal, yes, other ways to to recover from your injury. So another question I have for you is what led you to want to teach others the art of yoga? Yes. So I actually was, my background's a nonprofit. And so while I was, uh, you know, working my first job out of college, I decided to be, get certified in teaching yoga. Had no intention 
of <laughs> owning a studio or teaching yoga to others, but really just wanted it for my own self benefit. <laughs> yes. And then, and then I sat in, you know, my group with my uh, teacher, my yoga teacher group, and realized that I was the only person of color in the group. And I was just so amazed by all of the traditions and all of the benefits of yoga. And I was like, why, why don't we have more people like this in Greensboro? Why don't we have a space where I can go and not feel out of place? And one day I just decided like, we need this here locally. We need a space where people who may not look like me or who may may look like me can practice yoga and actually understand why it's such a beneficial practice. So that really gave me the drive and will to get Rise and Flow going. That's amazing. But it's so true when you say you want to go into an environment with people that look like you, may that be ethnicity, but also male, female, um, because you just feel a better sense sense of inclusion. Um, So I'm so glad that you brought that. Um, Actually, how long have you been teaching yoga? So believe it or not, I've only been teaching yoga for three years. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Yes, I get this question a lot because I guess I guess the passion that I exude for yoga and you know all of the benefits of it are just so tremendous that people think maybe I've been in, in this platform for a very long time, but really just three years. That's amazing. Like, I would have thought you've been doing this since you've come out of college or, you know, even during your years in college, because you're still very, very passionate about the benefits of yoga. Yeah. I never would have guessed three years. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. So in all those years, those three years that you've done, and, and then when you were doing your own recovery, do you have a favorite yoga pose? And why is that particular pose your favorite? Sure. So, you know, every pose can be modified with a variation that can fit your body's needs. But one of my go-to postures is hero pose or virasana if you're using Sanskrit. And it really is a visibly simple pose, but once you're in mm-hmm. it, it is physically challenging at times. And so really you're you're sitting with your your feet beneath you and your rear end is sit it, sitting on the heels of your feet. And your tailbone is kind of hovering between your two feet and you can either remain sitting straight up or you can allow your back to recline down as far as you're able to go. And it's a beautiful posture. And like I said, it's visibly simple, but once you're in it, it can be physically challenging. And so I love, I love postures that encourage people to explore their limits and explore their body. And hero poses that for me. I'm so glad you described the pose because I had to think about it. I said, now, which pose is that? <laughs> and once you started to describe it, I could visualize it. So this will allow our listeners to really relate to the pose that you're referring to. And I do know that pose, know that pose yeah. well. My favorite pose, though, is downward dog. And oh, the reason yeah. I like it is because I'm a runner and it allows me to stretch my calves, stretch my hamstrings strengthen my arms. It's just so, and I feel like it opens up. I just feel like my power, like I feel so much more relaxed and empowered in that pose. So that's my, by far my favorite pose. I love that. And downward dog is such an amazing posture. When you look at the anatomy, 
of the body and how it is being stretched and challenged in Downward Dog. Really, Mm -hmm. it's an all body posture. Like every part in your body is actively engaged in Downward Dog. So that is very cool to hear. (laughs) Yeah, see, now you're telling the things that you're saying is making me love it even more. Um, Not just because (laughs) of the benefits it's done for me, but like the things you've mentioned, I didn't know. So I'm like, oh. I was really enjoying a really great post. I am doing something good. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's awesome. So you started Rise and Flow in 2018. Yes. Um, So why did you decide to start your own studio? Like you've been in in this for three years as far as like teaching. And then like what pushed you to say, you know what? I'm going to do this. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. And definitely it was me giving me some (laughs) self-motivation. But I come, <laughs> I come from a family of entrepreneurs and I've always been encouraged to be my best self and whatever that is, like finding something that I'm passionate about and mm-hmm. doing it as long as I'm, you know, being positive in service with, to others and to myself. And it was heavy on my heart after completing uh, yoga teacher training to create a space for people of all backgrounds and people from all experiences to practice with me. And so I kind of look at Rise and Flow as this this community playground where people from all over come together to enjoy the same thing. And and so when I created Rise and Flow, that's what I wanted. I just wanted it to be a very simple and welcoming space for people to be themselves. And after maybe two weeks of thinking about it and it kept popping in my head. I couldn't sleep at night. I was up early in the mornings. <laughs> That's when you know it's something big. And, and uh, I, I was like, okay, all right, I'm listening. Here I go. <laughs> That's amazing. But like you said, you get to the point and it's so heavy on your heart and in your spirit that it's almost like, not to get too spiritual on you all, like God is telling you, look, this is what I need for you to do because you can't get it out of your mind and out of your spirit. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. And it, and I guess for some reason I'm supposed to do this and I may not know what that reason is right now, but every day someone someone's touched by rise and flow. And so that, that gives me a reason to keep doing it. Everything that you were describing and talking about your studio like, how has this journey been for you since 2018 and starting your studio and feeling so passionate about Rise and Flow and introducing yoga to the masses? So how has the journey been for you thus far? Yes. So I guess one word to describe it would be intentional. So every single thing that we do has a subtle intention behind it. And so I would say that Rise and Flow has grown at kind of a slow rate, in my opinion, just because of that sole purpose of being intentional with all that we do. And, you know, for that first year, it was just me teaching classes seven seven days a week. And then I I was like, oh, I, I can't do this by myself. And I know that there's there's something special in having a team. And so I was like, okay, well, I can add maybe a couple of yoga instructors. And I was very intentional about who, because I wanted it to relate to our mission at Rise and Flow. 
and ended up with just one additional yoga instructor. And, you know, fast forward to getting through 2020 and a pandemic and shifting from physical yoga classes to virtual yoga classes, we now have a total, including myself, of five yoga instructors. So we're providing classes daily, except for on our rest day, which is Fridays. And and now we're providing virtual classes to people from not only locally in Greensboro, but to people in New York and Maryland and California and wherever else people find us. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. And that, so in you saying that, that leads me to another question I have for you concerning the COVID-19 hitting the communities. So I know you had to make adjustments to your online instruction. Mm -hmm. um, And you just mentioned how that has been gone because it appears that it's helped. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Is there anything you think in this change for 2019 and COVID-19, I'm sorry, and everything happened last year? Was there anything that you could think of that you may have done differently to make this a better opportunity for you at this time? No, I honestly don't have any regrets. I I love taking each opportunity, whether it's a wonderful opportunity or if it's a challenging opportunity. I love taking all of that and just putting it into perspective to make sure that one, does it align with rise and flow? And two, it's okay Mm -hmm. to say no. So (laughs) that was kind of my thought process as we went through COVID-19 and adjusting and shifting with all of our services was, okay, can't say yes to everything. I know that at some points we're, you know, feeling challenged because everything is now online and do people like getting yoga online and, but making sure that you know, we're still aligning with our mission. And so, no, I, I don't really have any anything that I would change. I love where we are at right now. I always encourage the Rise and Flow yoga instructors, our team, that, oh my goodness, whenever we get on our monthly calls or when we have our one-on-one meetings, like I just get a burst of light and energy because I am so grateful that they have been placed with Rise and Flow. Like, I'm so grateful that they are a part of our family now. And while this time has been so challenging for our students, we're so lucky that people are still leaning on us for yoga and meditation, uh, just community in itself. That is so refreshing to hear because, you know, you hear during these times where a lot of people are, um, businesses especially, are having to either close, reduce their hours, you know, reduce their man. Power, and you're actually shifting in the other direction where you've added people, added opportunities, added online. So, like, kudos. Thank that's fantastic. you. Thank yeah, you. <laughs> I know you invested many things to help the success of your company. Aside from going virtual online, are there any, any other things that you've done to grow? Yes. During this time, we've seen an increase in people wanting to know more about yoga. Because mm-hmm. if you remember in the beginning of the pandemic, people were like, meditate, go, go practice yoga. Go do yes, this. I, <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and we're like, we're like, okay, that's great, but let's do it right. 
So we've we've seen such an increase in groups, uh, whether it's just like girlfriends getting together or organizations and companies wanting to learn, okay, like someone told me to practice yoga, but I don't really know what that means. And so we're providing, you know, educational classes and yoga sessions with different groups to ensure that they have a good foundation so that they can find a practice that works for them and a teacher that works for them. So that has been really fun for us to do. And we also have with our online classes, people can also replay classes. So if they don't have the time to catch a class during a specific time, they can go on our platform at any time and practice a yoga class. Wow. You're blowing my mind with some of the options that you've been offering (laughs) um, and then the passion that you put behind it and you can hear it in your description. And I'm thinking, wow, she's going to make me go log on and take a a yoga class. Yes, come on (laughs) over, girl. (laughs) So fantastic. I'm just so proud of you. Thank you. So have you found that, you know, being that a lot of the educators, may it be from elementary schools through to the college years, have you found that they need to use your resources as well for like mental health and fitness? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, we, we definitely have seen an increased need in that age group, but across the board, we've seen an increased benefit for all ages, really. And so because of that, we really encourage people to set aside time to practice together. So if you have a household and you have children and adults within that household, it's great to set aside time for yourself to do it, but it's also great to model positive behavior for your children. So if they see your see that you're practicing yoga, maybe you invite them to join for class. And the the beautiful thing about all of our yoga instructors are so qualified. Like <laughs> they are just I, you know, I may be kind of biased, but they really are the best of the best, you know? <laughs> well you should be a little biased. You know, <laughs> you know they meet a criteria. So right. like that's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So because of that, we see moms with their kids practicing with our normal scheduled classes. All of our yoga instructors are so skilled in providing variations that fit people from various body types to age ranges. So, you know, it's really cool to see people setting up their cameras and you see the kids flip around, you know, and sometimes they'll sit down and they'll do a pose. And then other times they're looking at the screen like, what what is my mom doing? Or so. It's so, so cool. And we know that yoga is not a perfect practice, but it's a fun practice. So, Well, on that note, (laughs) it is a very fun practice. Even when you're doing it incorrectly, it's still fun and you still get the benefit from it. So I think that was a very important thing that you stated about (laughs) yoga not being perfect, but it's fun. Right. And as you do it more often, I feel like you learn the mechanics and you learn how to do the poses properly. Right, right. And that's a big part. That is a huge, huge part for us. So we definitely encourage alignment and safety in the body when practicing yoga, because yes, when doing it incorrectly, you can get injured with yoga, believe it or not. 
But we hope that we're providing the necessary instructions for people to practice by themselves in a safe way. I love it. Rise and flow gets the gold sticker. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love that. Love, love, love. But I I follow you on Instagram also, of course. I've been following you since I met you. And I know that you're involved in some of the activisms that goes go around that goes on in our community. And we all know that February is Black History Month. Of course, yes. it's a time when our nation focuses on, you know, the history and contributions of black Americans. Of course, we don't think a month is where this should stop. That black history is our nation's right. history and it should be part of everyday teaching. You know, Absolutely. That's just the way we believe. You believe that yoga creates unity and is a big part of social justice, equality, and mm-hmm. empathy. Tell us more about how you came to feel that way, one, and two, the things that you are doing to spread that belief. Yes. So I'll start by saying yoga in itself, when when an individual is practicing yoga, they must have empathy towards the practice because there are so many traditions and physiology rooted in a culture. And there's so much history behind yoga. And so in my opinion, when a person is able to practice yoga and is excited to learn about the the many facets of yoga, I translate that to cultures and diversity and race and equality amongst genders. You have to have empathy because that history is so rooted within within the practice and it's so rooted in a form of quote unquote exercise that people enjoy. And so we encourage all bodies, all backgrounds and all experiences. And that, that's, those are the words in our mission statement because we don't want to just say like minorities or people of color or because there's so many variations of people of color, of brown indigenous people, black indigenous people, you know, and so there's so many variations of culture. And one thing that we know creates unity is within food and music and dance. And I'd love to just go ahead and throw in yoga in that category as well. Absolutely. When you think about uh, activism in our community, I include yoga because mental health and activism go hand in hand. You know, when there are social injustices, when there are the rise of inequality, mental health is at risk now. And so yoga has been proven to show that it can combat and help with mental health. And so whenever there are things going on in the community, I love to remind people to breathe, number one, to always find a place where they can find solace because Oftentimes, you know, things that are that we're hearing on the news or within our community can really affect us internally. And yoga teaches us how to discipline our needs and explore what our body and our mind needs at that very moment. So that's kind of my take on it. And I encourage people who really enjoy the history and traditions and physiology of yoga to really explore why. Why do I love this? Is it because it's it's a pretty yoga pose? Or is it really <laughs> because it's teaching me to find empathy, understanding, and grace within my daily life? 
That is an amazing way to look at yoga because it does allow you to tap into a different part of yourself that Mm -hmm. you just wouldn't have done had you not learned about yoga and yoga and meditation and centering yourself. So all of that is such an important part of how this can bring people together. I'm so glad you said those things. You have me thinking like my mind is going like a mile a minute right now. I'm like, recenter myself. (laughs) Yes. But when you, when you, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, when, when I was talking with one of our Rise and Flow family members, which is all our students, uh, you know, she was telling me that within our yoga classes, we always encourage grace, right? Grace in your practice, Mm -hmm. grace for yourself, grace in your work life, you know, grace being a mom or a dad. And, you know, all of that, all of the teachings and or the ethics of yoga can really be translated into your your daily life if you will allow it to. So even though we encourage grace on the yoga mat, we're also preaching grace off the mat too. You know, if you woke up late this morning, give yourself a little grace. Maybe your body needed a little bit more sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah. Look, so I, I, that happened to me this morning. <laughs> Sometimes I wake up. And I hop right off the bed, <laughs> but I'm learning to stay in place. And like, I'll say a quick prayer to myself or just take a few deep breaths before I jump into action. It's like, right. okay, let me slow myself down, which is hard to do for a Gemini because, you know, we're like a roller deck. We just keep spinning. But all of that and adding yoga into it is just, it is really, hitting me in a different place. And, and I'm so glad we're having this conversation today in this particular time. It's so important to, for people to know that, you know, yoga can do so many things for you. And then the part of it bringing people together is, is just the icing on the cake. Absolutely. When you think about it. But is there anyone in history that you look to when you need some inspiration? Oh gosh, there's so many people. <laughs> like, how do I pick one? Good gracious. <laughs> you can pick several. We just wanted to know, you know, what gets Stephanie inspired? <laughs> My personal favorite quote is actually from uh, Maya Angelou. And she, and I, I may get it wrong because I always get it a little off <laughs> whenever, I, whenever I see her spot, but the quote was, is actually hanging up in the Rise and Flow Yoga studio here in Greensboro. And I always share it with everyone because it's kind of, kind of explains who I am as a person. And so the quote goes, you know, people will, oh goodness, now it has completely left me. <laughs> you can just give us the gist of it. It's okay. You mean, People will, people will always, you know, hear what you have to say. People will always listen to you, but most of the time they will remember you because of how you have made them feel. And I'm pretty sure I will remember the quote after we get off of this, but. (laughs) Well, let me take one second and I will read. I I know your, I know the quote and, and it goes. Oh my goodness. People will forget what you said. People yes. will forget what you did. 
but people will never forget how you made them feel. But yes. you kind of you kind of summed it up, so you made it really easy. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. Yes. I mean, and think about it. Like, yes, my mom told me to go clean my room, but I forgot. But I remember how what she said made me feel. You know what I mean? And, yes. And yes. so I, I always take that with me. Like, yes, I have bad days. You know, even though I'm a yoga instructor, I get upset too. And I have bad days too. And I also have very, very good days. And no matter what, I don't know what your story is and I don't know what his story is, but I really want to treat them how I would like to be treated. And absolutely, that's just kind of my personal mantra, if you will to always treat people so that whenever they leave me, they feel just a little bit better than when they first met me, you know? So <laughs> well, you're, it's easy for you to do that because you can't help but love you just because you're <laughs> so infectious with everything. You know, she's got a great smile. Her person, her energy is just insane. So oh, that's easy <laughs> for you. But I, too, have a favorite uh, Maya Angelou quote that's hanging in my office um, at home. And I I try to share this with a lot of people because I think it's just such a combative world that we live in. Mm -hmm. So much competition. But my favorite one is you alone are enough. You have nothing to prove to anyone. Yes. That is my favorite quote because there's so many people are out here trying to prove and prove and prove. When if you have your own goals for yourself and you're reaching those goals and you're a productive member of our society, you have nothing to prove. You're proving it to yourself. That is your only competition. It's the way I look at it. Absolutely. Yes, I love I love that. (laughs) She's so remarkable because I love how candid she is, but I also love how real and eloquent and kind she is, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's yeah, so everything. She was just, I mean, she, just so intelligent and just was in tune what people needed to hear and yes. what our society needed to address. Yeah. I and mean, she addressed them in her own way. So I just think that's amazing because, you know, she was a big advocate for black health. Yes. Black health. Yes. So it's so important. And I'm so glad that we can segue into this. So like you being who you are, you know, Stephanie is the awesome yoga instructor, just spiritual and filled. Like how do you plan on the caring to carry forward that message about the importance of, you know, black health matters? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm sure it will look different every single day. But the, the one thing that will definitely be a constant consistent part of, you know, just elevating black health and mental health and exercises is really just being the example. That's something that I encourage not only for myself, but for all of the yoga instructors with Rise and Flow is to be the example for all of our Rise and Flow family. Exemplify all of the characteristics of what health means to you and just exude that. And that, that is the best gift you can give someone because when you are consistent in your truth, people will automatically understand who you are and what it is that you do. And so aside from that, we also within Rise and Flow, we have 
created a give what you can payment option for all of our classes and memberships. And so yoga has definitely been westernized and it's, it is certainly a privilege. If you look at where yoga studios are, studios are located within different communities, you'll, you'll see the clear economic disparity. And so we want to make yoga accessible and affordable to everyone. So if you can give what you can, we hope that you will take a step in, in the positive direction to join our family. And with that being said, we have options to pay less. We have scholarship opportunities, and we also have options to pay more so that maybe you can support another student and yourself. So we are hoping to combat mental health with with providing accessibility. And when you look at the stats, the percentage of BIPOCs or minorities that are facing a mental health issue is high, but the percentage of people that are actually getting help for that is pretty low. And so if we can be a resource for that, that's what we hope to do. And lastly, another thing that we're doing as a team is we are also getting a mental health certification, first aid certification to supplement our teaching so that when people come to to Rise and Flow, we can be certified um, with mental health first aid and making sure that they are getting the help that they need and pointing them in the right direction. Wow. Stephanie, like you are... Like you are truly, you know how you, you can talk to people and you can hear them addressing certain things and saying that they're going to do X, Y, and Z. But I love your entire presentation because not only are you passionate about yoga and passionate about bringing it to people, but you also want to educate and you want to be able to help in the best way that you can the people that do come to Rise and Flow. And just the more you talk, the more you just reel us in like, oh, love her. <laughs> it's, it's so, it is just so wonderful to hear someone so very, very, very passionate about this. And, you know, we are so glad that we're able to partner with you in so many other things. Yes. And in any way that we can support you like this is just amazing. Thank you. And you know, the, the partnership we have with y'all is, is phenomenal. We're so grateful for that. And it's so wonderful to, to be passionate about something. And it's also so eye-opening because it is very, very real. Yes. And yes. gosh, there are days where I'm like, oh, this is, this is so wonderful. The work that we do is so meaningful and so purposeful. And then there are days where I'm like, gosh, I wish I could do more. And yeah. As we continue to grow and as we continue to find loopholes and the needs within our community, we will be a resource for people. And so I think it's important to be transparent with the community and let them know, like, you know, yoga is pretty, right? On Instagram. (laughs) It is. But it is such an eye opening uh, need because of the increase in mental health, especially during this pandemic. Yeah. So I appreciate that, Cleo. Thank you. Absolutely. Do you have any plans in the future to reopen your physical space? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. At this point, you know, going back to yoga being a privilege, I also want to take care of my people. And I say my people because (laughs) 
you know, I'm a black female. And so I want to take care of my people too. And I, I never want to be putting our people in a position where they may or may not be in harm's way. So at this point with COVID-19 still being within our community, we don't see a us opening anytime soon. We'll continue virtual and people are very, very happy with that. But as we continue to transition and understand, you know, where Rise and Flow needs to be right now, um, we do have some exciting, and I haven't disclosed them yet, but okay. <laughs> we have some exciting, <laughs> <laughs> we do have some exciting opportunities for 2022. So Okay. So yeah, we're always looking to grow. We're always looking to be provide the best of the best to our community. That is such a wonderful way to kind of sum up everything that we've discussed right now. Now we'll be looking forward to what you're going to put out there, you know, as we <laughs> continue through this year and go into 2022. You know, what is Stephanie Rising going to present to us next? Because you, know, you guys are always just kind of thinking ahead of the curve and trying to, you know, figure out the best way to accomplish your growth. Right. Absolutely. But that is so important. But Stephanie, I know you have probably a jam-packed day. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on here and talking to me about Rise and Flow, you know, Black Health, Black Health Matters, I'm sorry, and just all the wonderful things you're doing in the community. Hopefully, you know, we'll get the chance to do this again. And get you on here maybe, you know, four, four months down the line and see what you're up to. Thank you, Cleo. You are just so golden. And I'm so happy to be here and just so grateful for this opportunity. So thank you. Of course. You are so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. As always, please follow us where you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, any of those platforms. And don't forget to like and rate us. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you next time.